Thank you for listening to the South Bay Bible Church podcast. We are a gospel-centered family, and we want you to know about the good news of Jesus Christ. So stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you so much, Joanna, and thank you all for joining us again this Sunday morning. And I want to quick shout out everyone who sees SBBC as their church family. Welcome home. And for all of you who are watching, who have never attended our church in person, we want to thank you so much for watching us online. Um, it is a blessing to, to know that we have more people watching our services than we would normally have on a regular Sunday morning. Um, so I want to thank you all so much for joining us um, this Sunday. Um, and I want to go into a time of greeting now. And in the past couple of weeks, we have um, texted each other, hello, good morning. Uh, we've commented it on our YouTube page, hello, good morning. But today, we're going to do something a little bit more fun, a little bit more involved. I want you all to take a selfie with the people that you're at, whether you're home with your family, friends, or by yourself. Just take a selfie and send it to your life group or send it to someone else at church. Um, you can send it to me. That's fine. Um, and if you're in your PJs, you know, that's fine too. Bonus points for that. Um, I just hope this is a, a fun, silly way to, to help us know that we're not alone in this season. So take some time right now and take a little selfie and send it to your friends and family at church, your brothers and sisters. I'm going to keep talking for a little bit as you do that. And I hope that is enough time. All right. So I, you know, this is a pre-recorded message, so I'm not sending a, a selfie, but I will on Sunday. I will when you, when you were watching this. Um, all right. So we're going into a new sermon series called Essential. It's a study in the book of First John. And so I want to begin this message um, with a question. What is essential? What is essential? Um, this, is, this word I, and idea, essential, has been at the forefront of our nation's consciousness for the past couple, couple months now. Um, essential is now how we describe work. Uh, some work is essential and other work is non-essential. You know, essential is also the criteria of whether you are going to go outside or whether you're going to stay at home. And this word, essential, now dictates the way that we live our daily lives. And now that we have been forced to only do what is essential, it's really time for us, I, th I believe, I believe this really firmly, to reflect on what is truly essential in our lives. What can't we live without? What are the things that we can't live without? What are the people and places that we can't live without? So, you know, some of us, um, yours included, um, you know, myself included, uh, we've thought about making a, a, a boba run in the middle of a pandemic, risking it all for boba. But, you know, others, you know, you might have thought about going to your kid's house or your parent's house or your neighbor's house or whatever it is. Others might have thought about going to the beach when the weather got better. And I, I really have to confess at the beginning of this message, it's really been a, you know, it's been a tough, tough week, you know, just the, it's been tough staying at home doing the same thing day after day after day. And even preparing for this message, this is now the third time I'm trying to record this message. It's just technical difficulty after spiritual attack, and it's really, really hard. But I'll first, you know, just right off the bat, I want to thank you so much for praying for me, for this service, for our church. Um, uh, you know, we would not be here if not for prayer. And um, I just want to say off the bat, if you are also feeling the negative effects of this prolonged shelter in place. Um, if you are feeling uh, weary, if you're feeling anxious or exhausted or depressed or just, you know, plain tired, you know, just know I'm right there with you. And I, and I think that the passage that we have for today in 1 John is for all of us. 
So before we go any further, let me pray and um, commit this time to the Lord. God, we commit this time to you because we know that you are the one who does the work. You are the one who does this ministry, and your word is alive, speaking to us even now. And so I pray for all of us to be good soil, to receive. For those of us who are tired, God, for those of, you, for those of us who are fearful in this moment, for those of us who are um, a little bit weary right now, God, I pray that you would strengthen us, that you would comfort us, that you would speak your life into our hearts. Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. So today we will begin at the beginning of 1 John. Um, we're going to read through just the prologue of the letter. And um, it starts in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. That's the prologue to 1 John. And before we go any further, um, quickly, some background on 1 John. First of all, the author is John the Apostle. It's in the name. Um, the audience, who this letter is for, is John's church. And the reason for writing is this is a commentary. This is a commentary that John's writing on his own gospel. Um, and it addresses a rift in his church. Um, people within his church were misinterpreting the gospel and coming out with some crazy ideas like Jesus wasn't really the son of God, that he really didn't walk this earth. Um, and John's letter addresses all of these issues. Um, but more than that, the people who came out with these crazy ideas left the church and were attacking the people that remained in the church. So John, 1 John, is a extremely relevant and practical word from God about what it means to live the essential Christian life. What does it mean? What, what does it mean to be bound together in Christ? And how are we to live knowing that we are in Christ? And so just from the prologue itself, there's just so much. And I, I want to cut right to the point. You know, we can, you, can, you can dissect every single word in this prologue. But um, I believe that the first thing that we have to talk about is this. Before we talk about joy, before we talk about fellowship, we, the church, have to be on the same page about who Jesus is. Before we talk about joy and fellowship, we, the church, have to be on the same page about Jesus. And just in the prologue, there's so many things stated about who Jesus is. <clears throat> that which was from the beginning, that's John referring to Jesus. <clears throat> the word of life, that is John referring to Jesus. The life appeared, that's John referring to Jesus. Which was with the Father, that's Jesus. Um, and then our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That's Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. He's the eternal, that which was from the beginning. He is the Word of life, the Word of God, the resurrection and the life, eternal life itself. That is all found in this prologue. <clears throat> and the Word of life is a really interesting phrase. I want to I go on a small tangent here. Word of life, word. Word here in the Greek. Um, means more than just word. Just in Greek culture and Hebrew culture, word means more than word. Word, especially the word of God, um, means more than just 
you know, the actual words that God is saying. It's referring more to the, the wisdom of God, like the Proverbs of God, but also not just the, the wisdom of God, but the, the creative will and power of God to create. If you think back to Genesis 1, how did God speak? Um, how did God create the world into existence? He spoke it into existence. It was the word of God. But also more than that, the third thing is the word of God is also the sustaining force of creation itself. And that last one, you won't, you probably want to best understand it as the force in Star Wars. Um, this this thing that you know is amorphous, this thing that is in all of life itself. That's the force, um, and that's what the Greek and Hebrew thought of word is um, back then. But John is also saying Jesus is more than just wisdom of God. He's more than just the creative will of God. He's more than just the sustaining force of God. He is God Himself, that which was from the beginning. He isn't created. He was from the beginning. Um, he is the Son of God. He is God Himself. And, you know, we have to be on the same page about this, or else there is no we. We have to be on the same page about who Jesus is, or, or else there is no we. So I have to ask you this right now. Who do you know Jesus to be? Check yourself right now. Check your heart. Check your mind. Check your belief. Who do you really believe Jesus to be? Do you really believe in the Jesus presented in the Scriptures? Because we can't go any further if we don't have we don't have agreement about who Jesus is. Before we go any further, this is the question we all need to answer. Who do you know Jesus to be? Who do you know Jesus to be? And furthermore, in the prologue of 1 John, there's one more foundational truth that comes out. And is this, encountering Jesus is essential to Christian joy and fellowship. How do we, you know, I ask the question, who do you know Jesus to be? You, you figure out who Jesus is by encountering Jesus. You figure out more about who Jesus is when you meet with Jesus, when you read about Jesus, when he speaks to you. That's what it means to encounter Jesus. And we see um, encountering Jesus is essential to Christian joy and fellowship. Here's the prologue again. As we, we think back to the, uh, the background of 1 John, John's opponents the people that had left from the church, the split from the church, they were discrediting the gospel that he had written. They were discrediting John's account of his encounter with Jesus. So here in the prologue, John forcefully and repeatedly emphatically states that Jesus, you know, is God. But also, this God came to earth, this word of God, uh, took on flesh and dwelt among us. And I really followed him on earth. I saw him. I heard him. I witnessed him healing. I touched him. I encountered Jesus. And today, we don't have the luxury of physically encountering Jesus. We don't even have the luxury of physically being next to each other or being within six feet of our friends. But God did not leave us alone. He didn't leave us alone. He gave us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And he gave us a way to encounter Jesus. The best way is through his word. The best way is through the scriptures. You read the scriptures, you find out who Jesus is. It doesn't matter which book it is doesn't matter old testament new testament it all points to jesus and how do we how do we understand it through the spirit of jesus the holy spirit indwelling in us illuminating the text and opening our eyes so that we can read and see with faith but also you know those are the very very spiritual elements of this the, the word and the holy spirit as we encounter as we encounter jesus but also we see here just the example of what john is doing to the readers to his church it says here in the middle the life appeared 
We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. As you encounter Jesus, that brings you into fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You encounter Jesus, you have fellowship with Jesus. And when you proclaim your encounter with Jesus, it brings fellowship with other people. You know, um, what John here is saying, it's, he's basically saying, I have encountered Jesus. I've, I've, I've seen him. I've witnessed him. I've touched him. I've heard him. I've, 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 I've seen him heal. And I'm telling you about my encounter so that we can have fellowship. Fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, and it just means something in common. And so the commonality that John seeks for him and his church the common ground that he seeks for him and his, his, his church family is that they would encounter Jesus, encounter the Jesus of the gospel, encounter the Jesus of the Bible. Um, you know, and that belief in Jesus, the Son of God, that belief is what binds us together right now. Our commonality is not in our last name. It's not in our zip code. Our commonality, our common ground is that we have encountered Jesus at some point in our life. And if we want more people to come into fellowship with us and with God, then we need to share how Christ has encountered us. So share your experience. What is Jesus doing in your life today? What is Jesus doing in your life? What is he doing in your home? What is he doing in your heart? Is he delivering you from depression? Is he delivering you from anxiety? What is he doing in your life? You know, and, you know, as we, uh, if we want more people to come into fellowship with God and with, uh, with us, we have to share the way that God has moved in our lives. And this is the essential truth that needs to guide our church. And this should lead to the greatest joy for us as believers, for us as a church, that when people who don't know Jesus come into an encounter with them and their lives are changed and they're now in fellowship with us and with God. That's joy. That's what it says in, um, you know, in, in the prologue. I'm going to bring that up right now. In the prologue itself, it says, we write this to make our joy complete. To make our joy complete. Um, this is the imagery. Like if you had a cup and someone's pouring joy into your cup, when your joy is complete, it means there's no more space for any more joy. Your cup is overflowing with joy. You're completely full of joy. And when someone comes into fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and with us at the church, that is what complete joy is for us as the church, as believers. You know, Jesus said this of His disciples. If you remain in me, if you abide in me, this makes my joy complete, remaining in me. And when we bring more people into this abiding encounter with Jesus, our joy is also made complete. So we share our experience of what Jesus has done in our lives. You know, something that we are all probably thinking and all probably wondering, what is what Jesus is doing in our life? What is Jesus doing in this pandemic? What is, what is the purpose of this pandemic? What is Jesus doing in you know, with all of this coronavirus and being locked in place and sheltered in place, um, I have to say very clearly, God is not the source of this virus. He's not the source of this suffering. But in his, in his sovereignty, he is able to bring good out of it. And I see two major good works that God is doing actively in the church and in our lives right now. Number one, he is refining the church. 
He is refining us. He's causing us to dig deeper. He's causing us to seek Him and trust Him for more. He's stripping away our religious idols of maybe maybe a church structure that gets in the way of really depending only on Him. He's causing us to cast everything else aside and truly relying on Him. He's refining the church. Secondly, He's also kicking us into action. He's kicking the church into action. You know, I, I actually asked my, my neighbors if they needed masks because, you know, as a, as a church, we are giving masks out and it's a really great thing. So I thought I would go out and, you know, people would be like, oh yeah, great. This is awesome. I, thank you so much. Well, take some masks. But actually I got the opposite response. My next door neighbor, um, he's also a Christian. He serves at his church. And um, when I asked him if he needed masks, he, he told me, he kind of laughed and said, I, not too long ago, just a couple days ago, I was out delivering masks that my church was also giving. <laughs> and I, I see this as, as a common thread amongst churches in the Bay and churches all across the world. We are on mission now, not just to do church the way we've always done church, but we are on mission now to do and be the church to our communities, to meet the needs in our communities, to, to give masks, to give food, to give finances. But also, we've all worked really hard to meet online so that we could still worship together because that is essential, to still proclaim the truth and the hope of God because that is essential as well. I've never seen the church so on mission. God has really kicked us into action. God is doing good work in our life. We just need to be able to see it. What is Jesus doing in your life? How is he moving? Share that experience with someone else so that they can also be in fellowship so for the past two months as we've been locked in our homes we've learned that it's really tiring and really life-sucking to live in isolation it can become really weary just to do the essentials of life you know but it doesn't take away from the importance without the essentials without the essentials in place there's no going forward. Their life can't continue without the doctors caring for people, without people creating the, the source of electricity for us, without people providing food for us. Life can't continue. And the same goes for our spiritual life as well. Without our belief in the Jesus presented in the Bible, there's no way forward in our faith. If we don't agree about who Jesus is, there's no way that we can have fellowship. There's no way that we could have joy. And right now, this is a golden opportunity for us as a church to examine our hearts. What are the essentials of our faith? What is it that we believe in? Who is Jesus to us? What is essential to you? What are the things that you can't live without? You know, um, this week, I, we were blessed here. We are blessed here in, uh, in Dublin um, to have this place, this home, this shelter that God's provided. Um, and we were in the backyard. It was a pretty nice day. And I was chasing my, my kid around the backyard and my wife was there as well. And there's bubbles in the air. I just felt this, this sense of love and contentment. I'm like, wow, this, I'm only doing the essentials, but I'm so happy doing the essentials. Um, and I was so grateful for that. I was, I was thankful to God. But at the same time, God was refining my heart. He was, he was showing me the love that I have for my kid, for my family, for my wife. Um, and he's saying, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than your kid? Do you love me more than your family, than your wife? And God in his gentleness has been refining my heart. And he's, he's been showing me that, yeah, the love that I have for my family has rivaled my love for God. And you know, in his gentleness, what did he do? He spoke love to me. He's bringing me back to the first love that I have with him. And, you know, as we repent 
of anything that comes between God and us, the things of God, the people that God's given to us, the essential things in our life, I want us to know that God, that God is, is a gentle, gentle corrector. Um, as I've, I've, I've wrestled with this tension all week, I, I was beating myself up like, man, I can't believe that I'm a pastor and I, I have a, a thing that rivals the love that I have for God. But what did God say to that? He's like, I understand. It's okay. Go back to what is essential. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And so for us today, God is refining us as a church. He's causing us to, to see the things that we have built our lives upon, the way that we have built up structures in our life so that we don't have to depend fully on God. The other loves that might have come into our life that, that steal the love that we have from God. What is essential? What are the things that you can't live without? What does it mean to live as a Christian? And I hope that as we figure this out together, as we continue in this series, that we will come out a refined, more powerful, more dependent, more trusting version of ourselves and our church. So I want to leave you with this. What is essential? What is essential? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much that you sent your son the eternal word of God. You sent him to walk this earth, to die on the cross for our sins, and three days later to rise again. God, we know that is in your word, that is true, and that is what binds us together. So God, we pray for hearts all over the world that they will be open to this truth, that more people will come into fellowship with you, and that for us, God, you would refine our hearts so that we, God, can be your hands and your feet, spreading this, uh, this good news to everyone who needs it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.